0: Romans chapter 14, verses 5 and 6. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day, observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord, and gives thanks to God. Lord, I thank you for your word. So many times, God, um, we just want to find a yes or a no in your word instead of coming to you and asking you what you would want us to do. And today, Lord, we learn about that. And I ask that you would please anoint me with your spirit. God, that you would move ahead of me in the hearts of your people And cause us to really examine what we believe in certain areas. And to either continue or stop those things, God. But either way, I pray that your name would be glorified during this message. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Halloween tomorrow. How many people are taking their kids uh, trick-or-treating? just offended a whole bunch of people. Did you know that? That's okay. That's okay. That's okay because, you know what? There's a lot of things that divide the body of Christ. So many times we get caught up in things that we were told were wrong, so we just believe them. And many, many times... They're non-essential things. We're not to judge each other on non-essential things where the Bible gives no clear commands. Okay? I'll give you some examples. Homeschool or public school. Right? How about music? Christian music only. Anything else is of the devil. How about alcohol? Alcohol. Getting drunk, but having a beer. I can't believe this stuff is coming from the pulpit. Here's one. Mask or no mask. Vaccinated or not vaccinated. These things divide the church. They're non-essentials. They divide the church. We're not to judge each other for these things. We are called to judge certain things. We're called to judge moral issues. Is somebody living opposite of what the Word of God says? If it's sin, it's sin. Adultery is sin. That's an issue we have to confront in brothers and sisters. Uh, Adultery, lying. God's word if it's moral if it's a moral issue laid out in God's word we're to judge that we're to approach that person directly and to talk about those things and and the other thing we're to judge is foundational doctrinal truth there are things that you do not have a right and uh, an option of right and wrong to receive or not receive listen here's the truth of God that all men are sinners that's not optional all men are separated from God because of that sin And all people, because of that, are their eternal destiny is to hell, if it ended there. But then there's another truth: for God so loved the world that He sent His Son, Jesus, fully God, fully man. Not an option there. Not an option. That's biblical truth, foundational truth. Jesus came, fully God, fully man, came and was born of a virgin. That's not optional. If somebody's saying, "Oh, no, it really doesn't matter." Oh, yes, it does. Would you separate fellowship if that person were preaching? Yeah, probably. And Jesus came and lived a sinless life. Never committed sin because that was the minimum requirement to to spend eternity in heaven with God that none of us could do. Is that optional? Can can you discuss, no, 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 Jesus sinned occasionally? No, it's without sin. And the purpose for that was that his righteousness might be imputed to us. God might consider it as if we lived that perfect sinless life. And he goes to the cross. And the wrath of God was poured out upon him. Is that optional? No. And he died for the sins of all who would believe. Their penalty was paid in full. When it comes to foundational gospel truths, we are to judge those things. We are to make a stand on them and say, these are not optional things. There is a right and there is a wrong in those situations. But what about the non essentials? I heard this a long time ago, so I'm going to steal this phrase, and it's the main point in the sermon today. In essentials, unity. In non essentials, liberty. In everything, love. In everything, love. Brothers and sisters, we are so different in this room. We are so different. We have different natural gifts. There's, there's different temperaments. Some of you, I just got to be honest, you're always kind of down. You know, that's just, you, is it called a melancholy? You know? And some of and some of people are just, just so energetic, you know, and that has an effect. And, and then you have these different natural giftings. And you have these different spiritual giftings that are in this room. And they're all mixed up. We have all these life experiences that are different. Our backgrounds. Did you come from a good home? Did you come from a messed up home? What happened? You have all these things. You have life experience. You're 21 years old and you have this much life experience. And you're 75 years old and you have this much life experience. And all those things come together and cause us to have different convictions All those things play together to form convictions in our lives. And that's why we're so different. It makes sense that we'll have different convictions in certain areas. Well, what's a conviction? What is this word that we use? A conviction is a strongly held belief in an area without clear command in God's word That governs how we behave, how we live. That's I'll I'll say it again. It's a strongly held belief in an area without clear command in God's word that governs your behavior. In other words, there's really no right or wrong in it, in and of itself. There's there really no right or wrong in it. It's not can I do it, but should I do it? That's the struggle. Here's one for you. Should you eat sugar? Uh, no, you shouldn't, because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and because that's not taking care of your temple. So some people would say, Oh no, you can't do that. You're violating Scripture. But what about overeating? What about running? Everybody should be running, right? I mean, that's taking care of your body. And if you don't run, you're really not taking care of the temple of God. You see, what happens is that we have these convictions and and, and we look at life and it can be, we want to put everything in a right and a wrong. So it makes life easy. And we feel so strongly about these things. a a conviction that we have, that you have, should be beliefs biblically thought through carefully and held firmly. Think it through. Don't be lazy. Well, that's what my mom and dad said. Why do you believe it? Why is it your conviction? And be fully convinced is the section of scripture we read. Be fully convinced that what you're doing is not sinful, that it honors Jesus, and it is the best thing for you to do. It may not be directly evil, okay, but does it help you grow and others grow in their faith? What about that? Well, it's not sin, okay, but are you should you still be doing that? So you weigh out. You've got to find out what your convictions are. And as we look at this, this is not just a problem for today. It was a problem way back then. And Paul is dealing with it here. They had Christians in the church in Rome that were Jews and Gentiles. And these two very different cultures, these two very different people, had different convictions when it came to eating meat and holy days. Take a look at God's word. Romans 14, 2. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. They were struggling. It was causing problems in the church. It was causing problems in families because they had different beliefs about these things. What was the deal with not eating any meat? Were they a bunch of vegetarians back there? They didn't want to eat meat because it was for nutritional reasons? No. Or, or was it because they were, they didn't want to see animals hurt. They were with PETA, and they didn't want to see any animals killed. So they said, no, uh-uh, no. That's why we're not going to eat any meat. It's for nutritional reasons. I'm a vegetarian, and that's Why? And I'm not going to eat meat because, you know what? They have to kill an animal for that. That's not why they didn't eat meat or did eat meat. That had nothing to do with it, really. What it was is they associated those things to sinful behavior, one way or the other. They were looking at it and saying, this is wrong because it is sinful. Here's why. If you're a Jewish person... The Mosaic Law had specific ways in which food had to be prepared and what some food you shouldn't even eat. Okay? So they, these Jewish people grew up with that. So now a Gentile invites them over to their house to have lunch. And he says, well, we're not going to eat pork. We know you don't do that. But the Jewish person said, but I don't know how you prepared the food. There's a very specific way it has to be prepared. So I'm not going to eat with you. You see, it was a religious reason. That was separating them. Yeah. And what about a Gentile? Well, a Gentile, if you were a pagan, you brought sacrifices to your whatever they were called, high priest, and they brought the sacrifice, they, they sacrificed part of it, but what they did with the rest was they went down to the meat market and they sold it real cheap to the butcher. And then the butcher would put it up for sale at a good price. Well, just like today, everybody wants a good deal, right? So people buy the cheap steaks. Jewish guy would buy a cheap steak and he'd invite a Gentile order from a pagan background and he'd say, hey, let's eat together. Oh, where did that come from? Uh, was that offered to an idol? Because I can't eat that. I can't eat that. Uh-uh-uh. That was the struggle. That was the, it was dividing the body of Christ. They'd say, no, I can't do that. And some said, I can't eat, and some said, I can. And it was causing a lot of problems in the body. What about these holy days? Some days are more holy than others. Well, if you were a Jewish person, you were raised up with Jewish customs, and you had the festivals. One of them was the Passover, and you delighted in the Passover. And so you become a Christian, and you really loved how all those, those um festivals pointed to Christ. And so the festivals were this this almost as worship in the grace of God because they had an intent and now you understood the intent of all these festivals. So you you think it's you need to celebrate those as part of your faith. It's a good thing. And others were saying, "Oh man, no way. That reminds me of the bondage I was in when I was under the law. I don't want anything to do with that." Maybe it's a back a church that you came from. Now today you know, a different denomination, and and you remember, yeah, that was all about if you're good enough, you go to heaven. So I don't want any whatever they do. I don't want to do here because it reminds me of that. And that's what the Jewish people were struggling with. They're saying some of them were saying this day is a holy day. We need to honor this. This is so precious. And others are saying it doesn't matter. A day is a day. All days are for the Lord. Every day is for this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Is there any day that God has not made for his purposes? So people would struggle with these, these different views. And they were religious views. They were struggling so hard. Let me say this, that the issues that you and I differ over may be insignificant, but the manner in which we differ over them is very significant. And that's Paul's focus in Romans 14, 1 through 12. That's his focus. And I'll say it again. What Paul is saying is that in the essentials, it's unity. In the non-essentials, it's liberty. And in everything, love. Paul is approaching the typical ways we sin against either the stronger or the weaker brother. And he's showing us that typically a stronger brother, and we'll define what that means, will look with contempt upon the weaker one. And the weaker brother will judge the stronger brother. That's what Paul's laying out here. These are the tendencies of both groups, how they sin, how they do not handle their differences in a way that glorifies God. Now I'm going to say this according to the text, the weaker brother is the one who abstains. I would be considered the weaker brother when it comes to alcohol consumption. Okay? Now, the Scripture is very clear. We're not to get drunk. But I have brothers and sisters who have no problem having a beer. And according to Scripture, I'm the weaker brother in that area, and I'm okay with that. See, we, all, we hear that, oh, you, I'm offended. How dare you say I'm weaker? That's what Scripture says. That's what it's saying. I'm not operating in a liberty that some of my other brothers and sisters have, so I'm considered the weaker brother. Sometimes we even argue with all the, who is really the weaker brother here, right? <laughs> who is really the weaker one here? Because we have our stand and we're, we, we're the ones being called weaker, so we've got to shift the discussion. But the weaker one is here is the one who abstains. The one who abstains from meat and thinks certain days are more holy than others. That's how this section of Scripture defines weaker. Take a look at God's Word. We continue on. Romans 14, 3b-4. Let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. He's dealing with that issue right there of the the weaker brother in Colossians 2, 16. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Now, some people would wrongly say this, that somebody who abstains abstains from these things is a legalist in the purest sense. I would say, no, they're not. Because a legalist believes that their works add to their justification. That you have to have good works and live a certain way in order to be saved. And they're not like that. So, in the purest sense of a legalism, that's not what they are. But in a sense, they are legalists. You are a legalist, maybe, in this particular area, whatever it might be. Is that what they what they will do is they will they will set right and wrong standards in areas that God's word doesn't. They set right and wrong standards. If you do this, you're in sin. If you do this, you're not in sin. If you celebrate, or if you go trick-or-treating, you're in sin. If you, if you don't, you're okay. God shines on you. And I know I'm offending people right now, but that's okay. God's word is aggressive sometimes. It, it, it causes us to have to deal with all these things instead of looking the other way and ignoring them. And I'll say this, that the weaker brother or the area that you're weaker in, the motive is good, okay? The motive is good. Please hear that. Because why are they doing what they're doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? Because you want to please God. You want to please God. You feel that that's the best thing that can happen and you want to do everything you do to honor God. So I get it. The motive is right. Right? And not only do you want to please God, but you don't want to see your brother or sister fall into sin, right? If you keep doing that, this, you're going you're gonna to end up here. Or you might, as a weaker brother or sister, even question somebody's salvation because they do whatever. You see, that's, the, that's what's happening. I get the motive is right. To honor God, to care about your brother and sister that they wouldn't stumble. But the problem is this we wrongly conclude that what is wrong for us is wrong for everyone. That's the problem. That's the problem that divides the body of Christ. So what happens is the weaker one will judge the strong. And say, you are spiritually careless. Don't you know the Pandora's box you're opening by doing that? I just care about you. And, that's the, and you know what? They look at those things and they say, you know what? You're being spiritually careless. And someday you're going to fall. And God's word says, right, he's dealing with that. Before you go to the next slide, let me keep it here. Look at this. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? Who are you to do that? Is it it is before his own master that he stands or falls? We I get your motive. I get your motive. You don't want to see them fall. But it's about God. He'll strengthen them. He'll convict them if he needs to change their convictions. And he goes on, and he will be upheld, for the Lord will be able to make him stand. God's gonna do this work, He's the judge. Take a look at the next verse, verses, James 4, 11 through 12. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. You've decided what's right and wrong, even though the law doesn't say that. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Wow. But you see, that's what we have to do. If you're struggling, if you're weak in an area, this is what the scripture says, you abstain and somebody else doesn't. Brother and sister, you're not their judge. God is. And if it's wrong, he'll convict them. He'll show them. But you're called to love them. Regardless of whether they do or don't do it. He is the only judge and he is the one who will enable them to stand. You're not the Holy Spirit. Okay? You're not going to enable them to stand. We think we will. You know, I've got to just tell them it's totally wrong and we'll approach where do you approach, when do you approach someone and when not next week. But what I'm saying is is we're going to correct it. We're going to get them straight. We're going to show them that this is wrong. And so then... What happens is we try to do what God will do. That person who is, is maybe strong in an area where you're weak in, according to this definition of scripture here, God will take care of them. He's their judge. And he'll show them it's wrong. Hey, you know what? I gotta be honest. I have convictions that have changed. I'm gonna be honest. When I first got saved, uh, every music other than Christian music was satanic. And I burned, I was a disc jockey, so I had a ton of albums. I burned them all. Burned them all. Because that was it, you know, and I, and I believed that all debt was wrong. All debt was wrong. Didn't matter. All debt was wrong. And as life went on, as things kept going down, I started thinking, you know what? I, man, I really don't think that listening to Boston is sending me to hell. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I started thinking it through and I go... Okay, so you've got to be really old school to understand this one, but I, th- I, I love you guys, so I'm going to throw it out. The song Beep, Beep is not bad. <laughs> and see, only the old people are laughing at that one because they know what the song Beep, Beep is all about. It's not bad. And so what happened is my, my convictions changed. I was weak in an area, and I became strong. Okay? I came out of an alcoholic background. I can't consume any alcohol. I just feel that that honors God. I consider my brothers and sisters who can have a beer, they're the stronger ones. You say, how can you say that, Dan? Because scripture says that. That's what it just said. I get we're not supposed to get drunk, but to have a beer with your friends, that's what it said. I, I, I can't go against that. I look at that and I go, I can't really, it says drunkenness. So I look at that and I say, okay, God, I'm the weaker brother here. And that's a conviction that never has changed. And I doubt it ever will. It's just who I am, my life experience, and I can't do that. I'm weak. I'm okay with that. Let God judge them, not you. Well, now it's also talking about the strong here. And here the strong refers to this. Christians who have a greater grasp of grace that is reflected in their Christian liberties. They understand grace maybe a little bit more in one area or another. They get it. And I'm okay with that. Now, I want to say this for all of you out there in both sides. Liberties are not areas clearly defined in the word of God as sin. You don't have the liberty to lie. You don't have the liberty to steal. You don't have the liberty to... Be immoral. Those those are not liberties. There's a clear command in God's word. This is right, this is wrong, this is what honors God. Nor is it gray areas. If it enters into a gray area, then you can't walk in faith. Do it without doubt. So liberties are not, they're not gray areas, but they are things we are free to enjoy if we can do it with a clear conscience if we can do it with a clear conscience. Those are the liberties that we're talking about. And Paul, inspired by God's Spirit, says, and those of you that are strong, be real careful. Because where you're going to sin is you're going to despise your weaker brother. And there's a danger of you flaunting that freedom causing a brother or sister to fall. Take a look at God's word again. Romans 14, 1. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Is there ever a time you approach as a strong person to a weak person? Yes. Come next week, you'll find out. (laughs) Verse 3. Let not the one who eats despise. That literally means regard as nothing to despise utterly the one who abstains. He's warning us. He's saying, be careful. Weak, be careful of this. Strong, be careful of this. And he goes on. See, this is why I go, I'm go. i saying some of this stuff is going to be next week. Verse 21, 14, 21. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. See, he's saying, you stand by your convictions, but you know that they're not sin. You're standing by them. Verse twenty-three. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because he is eating not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Verse chapter fifteen, verse one. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, and not to please ourselves. It is not Christian love to flaunt our freedoms in front of brothers and sisters, causing them to possibly fall. That's not Christian love. We are not to flaunt our freedoms, but listen to, I want you to hear the first word I say. Appropriately surrender. What is that next week? Okay? Appropriately surrender your liberties so as not to influence a weaker brother to sin by violating their convictions. Do you flaunt your freedoms? You know, we have certain freedoms. I'll go back to my music thing. I have a brother who's absolutely convinced that anything outside of Christian music is evil. I don't have that conviction. So if I'm working in my garage and I'm listening to Boston or whatever, and that person comes, I'll show you how I love him. I shut off the music while he's there. I don't want to offend him, I don't want to cause him to stumble. But when he leaves, I turn it back on. You see, there's a balance here. We're going to talk. how do you know when, what and when does the weaker too far? and how do you balance this out? We'll talk about that next week, because here is the bottom line. In non-essentials, in non-essentials, what matters is motive. Why are they doing what they're doing? Why are they not doing what they're not doing? Whether you abstain or you enjoy, you do it because you believe, first of all, it is not sinful. Second of all, it does not violate your conscience. And third, it glorifies God. That's why you do or you don't do whatever. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. Have a beer, don't have a beer. Why are you doing what you're doing? Does it glorify God? Take a look at God's word. We'll continue on, 14, 5 through 9. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Each one should be convinced in their own mind. See, it's not about what mom and dad said. If you're an adult, act like an adult. Find out why you believe what you believe. Look in scripture. Find out. Do I believe homeschooling is, is the only way we should go, or should it be public school, or should it be neither? You've got to stand on your convictions, but you've got to fully believe what you believe, and you've got to know why. So if somebody says, well, why do you believe that? You say, well, I believe this is one of the principles in Scripture, and, and this is where it is. Okay, fine, great. But know why you believe. Be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. There's the motive. There's the motive. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in the honor of the Lord. There's his motive. Same motive. And gives thanks to God. Verse 7 For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, of the Lord's. It's about God. It's about His glory. We say it all the time. And these are areas that are included in that. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 12. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. He's not talking about sin here. He's talking about these liberties. He's saying, I have freedoms, and I get that. And I can ma- not wear a mask and not get vaccinated or have a beer, whatever. I have these freedoms. He's saying, you know what? All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. Ooh. Not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. And I'm here to say that if you have a liberty, and that liberty is controlling you, then you're not following Scripture because it's dominating you. It's controlling you. And if that's the case, you're walking in sin. I don't care how good it looks in your eyes. It is dominating you. It is controlling your life. It is affecting those around you. It is affecting the church, causing division. And that scripture says don't do that. And 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. We quote that all the time. So that means this. If you wear a mask, do it for the glory of God. If you don't wear a mask, do it for the glory of God. If you get vaccinated, do it for the glory of God. If you don't, then do it for the glory of God. All that we do, do for the glory of God. That's what is happening. So don't be lazy with your convictions. Find out why you believe what you believe. Through prayerful, careful thought, consider what God wants you to do in these situations. And then joyfully and lovingly obey. Enjoy your freedoms. Exercise them with love for the weaker brother or sister. You see, there's a hundred things we can disagree on that both ways can be done to glorify God. Both ways. In the non-essentials, those of us that are weaker in an area, we need to extend the grace to those brothers or sisters that maybe are stronger than us in that area. And we don't even like to define that. We might say, well, we're the ones that are strong and they're weak. Scripture's, this is what Scripture says, so I'm going to stand on that. And those of you that have freedoms in certain areas, you're strong in certain areas, you need to, under, you need to extend understanding to those who are weaker than you. You're not going to show uh, this Christian what the truth is in both cases, just operating in pride. You know what we have to do? On the non-essentials, we have to agree to disagree. We have to agree to disagree and not let these things separate us. I'm going to say something right here. There are actually people that stopped fellowshipping here because we didn't require masks in every situation. What? You're not a part of fellowship now because everybody didn't wear a mask. How does that honor God? I get it if you have to, and you, you know, and I. Well, what they don't care about anybody else. Really, they're exercising a freedom. You're saying that they don't care about safety. Or whatever. Well, you know what? They clearly think it's okay. But do you separate over that? Cut out fellowship. Or do you accept the one Christ has accepted? With all their flaws from your perspective, because we're called to love one another. With all our messed up differences, we gotta love each other. We gotta look at that and say, hey, I'm gonna extend grace, I'm gonna extend understanding, I'm gonna love you because you're accepted by Christ. You're my brother or sister. And how will they know that we are his disciples? By our love, one for another. You see, brothers, that's what it boils down to. That's why the message here, if you hear nothing else, is this. In the essentials, unity. In the non-essentials, liberty. And in everything, love. Let's pray. Lord, so many times we believe what we believe. Not because we know why we believe it according to your word, but just because we were told it by someone else that we respected. And God, they may have been right. They may have been wrong in these non-essential areas. But I ask for us in this body that you would stir us, God, that we would find out why we have the convictions that we have in these non-essential areas. God, help us to, to know why. And by your grace and by your mercy, help us to love one another, even in the midst of our differences, in the midst of the things that the enemy would want to use to divide us. God, would you bring a unity that would be a testimony and a witness to the world of your greatness and your goodness. And do this for your glory, God. And I pray this in Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. Let's stand and continue worshiping.
1: be to Christ his rule and reign will ever sing all glory be to Christ lord jesus all glory all praise and all honor is yours for all that happens in our lives And we just pray that that as we live this life, as we have just sung, that we will not be building on a vain foundation, but on the foundation of you, Jesus, and you alone. Not working to try to earn favor, to try to earn salvation, because we understand that we cannot earn anything from you. But yet, because of the great gift of life that you have given us, of newness, of being new creations, that we will live every moment of every day to bring you honor, to bring you glory, and to bring you praise until you return. It's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest name, but hope. His covenant, His blood, support me in the.